so. Does anybody want to give us a recap of what happened last week, then? So, we fought a creepy demonic dog thing that probably definitely killed Katie, except it didn't because it brought her back as a zombie, we think. Still a lot of questions about that. Deckard tried to shoot the creepy dog, missed and somehow shot down the chandelier on top of Gabriella and me. So that was a thing. <sighs> Several of his insides were put on his outside. So Deckard's not having a good time. Gabriella was able to get out from under the chandelier, get the gun, and shoot the creepy dog thing to pieces. And then suddenly, Katie was back in one piece and not a zombie and very confused. As one would be. She called 911 as far as the cops are concerned. This is a random rabid dog. The cops were not particularly helpful, also possibly a little bit racist. Just a little bit. Or just not particularly caring about actually doing their job. But I didn't tell- we didn't tell them anything to otherwise when it came to what the dog was. Katie's very much confused about what happened, cause she just remembers waking up about to hit Gabriella. So the plan was, yes, Deckard's still currently in the hospital flirting with all the nurses until, um, no more females will dare go into his room cause they don't want to deal with him. He has resorted to flirting with the doctors now. Eh, 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 good sir. They're thinking about <laughs> pulling him off of life support. Is it like an injury thing? Like, oh, I'm so injured. If only, it, like, like, is it that Deckard is into nurses? Like, what is happening? Deckard is into everyone. He's just, the pain. To clear that up, Deckard is in excruciating pain right now. So if he's flirting, he is going above and beyond and is probably taking hit points off for that. No, <laughs> never mind. Deckard is going to lay down and shut up. And Gabriella, how did things end for you? That night i had ended up meeting up with father blackwell who was about to reveal secrets to me and before gabrielle was taken in we had made plans to just meet up in her hotel room and talk about what was happening and victoria invited katie to come along because she hasn't explained what happened to katie yet because the police station is not the best place for that conversation right it's a pretty good summary so let's go ahead and continue then Deckard. Yes? You're in this hospital. It's rather nice. The nurses come in and out. The doctors have been working on you nonstop. You've gotten stitched up. But they have told you that you must stay in bed for the next three days for the stitches to stay and not break, and then all your insides be coming out again. Deckard had a very bad day. Okay. You have a police guard that is standing outside your room, mostly to keep anything that wants to attack you out, and also mostly to keep you in, as you've already tried to make an escape attempt and the stitches came out, the doctors had to come back, stitch you up again, and yes, they've removed all of your weapons and everything this time, so... Oh god damn it! Your personal effects are sitting in a box across the room. When something happens... <sighs> You're sleeping when you hear the door open and you wake up and your paranoid state. You sit up and you just kind of feel your stomach hurting quite a bit. Not nauseous pain or anything, but more along the lines of that pain of your skin, just like not necessarily matching up with the other side of the skin. Okay, okay. You look around the room and you don't see anything see anybody until so you turn to your left and there's a man standing there ah god damn are you with the boss he starts talking in a language that you don't understand you've heard it before you hear it quite a lot on tv these days but or not tv but radio oh no and you hear well we'll just ask you these questions when you're more lucid Get back to sleep, Deckard. I, I don't know who that man was, but why, why was he speaking German? Then? You fall asleep. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Good night. So sinister. 
And when you uh, wake up, there's nobody there. And the doctor opens the door. Ah, Deckard. You're finally awake. Deckard just looks at the doctor and just goes, Guten Morgen. Uh, good Morgan? Okay, then. You're safe to speak to. Yeah, what can I do for you, Doc? Uh, I just brought you your breakfast, and you see this tray of eggs, benedicts, and uh, some bacon. With some toast and jelly. I love this place. Wow, this is like the best meal I've had in ages. Anything else I can do for you, Doc? Just lay in bed and don't try and run away again. We're trying to help you. Yeah, Doc, quick question. Do you have any, uh, like, uh, German people who work here? No, why? Maybe it was, um, oh, just memories of that old, uh, that, that accursed war. Maybe that's, you know, flashbacks. That's why I went crazy with the gun at the library. Just memories of the trenches. <laughs> just an old man having a flashback, it seems. Don't mind me. You see him pull your chart off of the rack that's hanging on, and he goes ahead and writes a couple of things down, which you can probably assume to be <laughs> up the meds. Oh, I'll definitely take some more of that morphine. Breaking news, we have to move forward with the investigation without Deckard because he can't behave for more than an hour in a hospital. Look, there's actually a very clear reason why I just mentioned about trench warfare, because I'm trying to protect us oh. from the cops. If they think I'm just having a flashback about the war, they'll leave. Ostensibly, as much as I hate to admit it, the cops hired me. Like, they are on my side until it is inconvenient for them. Also, they do believe that it was just a rabid dog, so trying to shoot a rabid dog that injured somebody makes sense. The fact that you can't hit anything may mean they need to take your gun away, but... Deckard's gun license is in review. <laughs> At this point, Deckard's just like, take it away. I'm more of a, I'm more of a menace than a help with it. Damn. <laughs> you were shooting at something on the floor and hit something on the ceiling. I still don't know how that happened. Later on the day, you hear some of the nurses, like, chattering outside your room. And just like, mm-hmm. He fought in the war? Yeah. Wouldn't he be a better shot? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Joker just cries in the bed. Absolutely devastating. So, rewinding time a little bit, back to Father Blackwell and Gabriella. Oh god, I wish I knew in character, because Deckard would totally not say, You should not be called Father Blackwell! It's all cover! It's a lie! Well, yeah. Clearly the guy who is a secret, like secret society member who like stops ancient evils probably doesn't have a real name anymore at least that's my guess damn it Deckard really needs to talk to Father Blackwell <laughs> so you mentioned the name Basidioka it's about all I've been hearing yes it's becoming more and more threatening to our country here and the world at large I need to ask you a question first Ask away. What did the dog look like? So, for context, the dog was, like, wrong, right? Like, it was just not... Well, I believe it was missing its yeah, jaw. It was like it had weird glowing eyes. It was covered in mushrooms. Yeah, oh yeah. It had the... It was the mushrooms. It was bad to look at. And it was green. Yes, it was green-bluish violet, almost. Covered in mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. It barely had a mouth it looked like it's just fangs were hanging down and it just had like this almost like a chasm of orange shining from within here's my question how much of the dream does gabriella remember i should remember a decent chunk of it would gabriella connect the fungus from the dream to this fungus maybe i mean that's what i was that she can roll an oh. intellect check if just kidding she doesn't already dice have to decide Sorry, I literally just had, like, a light bulb moment, I was just like, <gasps> If it's feasible for her to connect the dots, then absolutely, you, you know this. But if this is a new idea to you, the player, and Gabriella, then I would have you roll for it. It's new to Gabriella. She's the resident skeptic. We also did have an in-depth conversation about the mushrooms. Hmm, maybe. The tricky one. 
And Katie was going to go get us a book about the mushrooms because she recognized some of the description, and mm. I don't know if she ever actually did or not. Well, only one way to find out. Uh, my intelligence is okay. Okay, so an eight. So extreme success. That is awesome. So you're starting to connect some dots here. If fungus has been present from what happened at Amesley's house, then fungus is present now. It seems that this Basidioger's MO is fungus in general. Hmm. Also, his name is in the mushroom's name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, legally, his name is uh, Basidioger. So, that night that we found you all, you were each passed out in your own location. For Deckard, we had to scare away the massive creature that we're still working on a name for. Your friend, we had to pull out of a field where she was quickly fading. Wait. Wait, so we... We were... Yes. So not only did it happen, we survived it. Yes. (sighs) So much for it being a bad dream. But then it didn't happen. But there was a dog present that night that took the form of yours, Bosco. Do you remember? Oh. There was another Bosco. That's why we put jelly on his head. The second Bosco. Bosco, that's why we... We made efforts to make sure we could tell apart mine. Did you have something to do with the second Bosco? No. That's what we were here looking for. There was another there that night who was not as lucky to be found until much later by the cops. Hmm. We were trying to find a name. We were trying to find out who he is and how he can shapeshift into a creature. Wait. Hmm. Don't mind me, Father Blackwell, but are you telling me that shapeshifters are a thing? They are perfectly probable, yes. Well, you know what happens next. What's something that only I would have told Father Blackwell? (laughs) (laughs) The only Father Blackwell would know. Yeah. What would you have only told Father Blackwell? So, out of character. They met because they, they helped jointly, basically. They helped a child who was, like, super traumatized and maybe supernaturally possessed. But Gabriella doesn't think so. And Gabriella helped with, like, the kid's recovery after the exorcism. And the two of them worked together to, like, make sure that the kid was, like, able to, like, live a fulfilling life. And that kid's name was Avery. So they would both know the kid's name. And it wasn't something that was widely reported, so... Unless this is a mind-reading kind of shapeshifter, in which case it doesn't matter. Who did we first treat together? Avery. Hmm... I don't believe it is Avery. No, that wasn't the question. I just wanted to make sure you were who you said you were. Yes. Okay. So, what we do know is that it cannot turn into humans other than its original self. Do we know what the original looks like? I had a witness uh, meet up with an artist, and they drew it out, and he goes ahead and he reaches into his robes. Um, I'm only reaching for the picture. I'm not going to shoot you, don't worry. He pulls out a sketch and puts it in front of you. And the man looks like Winston. Kate said he can only turn into his original form, right? Yes. I have your guy. He's in the sanitarium. Okay. I spoke to him at length. He knew about Basidioka. I would believe so. Especially if he's been more or less on the run from Basidioka. Wait, on the run? I thought they worked together. Nope. Two separate entities. Hmm. One of this world, one not of this world. You're... So I'm used to you with your thoughts and prayers, not so much with you with like, ah, these are the outside of our world entities, and these are people, but also they shapeshift. This is new to me. Yes, uh, I would assume so. It might be better to discuss this with you, the entirety of your group. Alright. Do we have to go get Deckard? <laughs> would you like to meet at your friend's uh, hospital room? 
actually that knowing Deckard, there's probably a lot of traffic in and out. I think they they attract people to talk to them. At least to be heard all the time. So trust me, I doubt that thing is getting much uh, visitation. Alright. Um in that case I suppose the hospital might be best, but maybe we should move to a second location afterwards. He's going to need time to recover. It's going to be hard to move him, but I can see what I can do. Hospital, but making sure that we're not followed. Sorry, you just had me worried that every animal I might run into might actually be a, a horrible monster mash ready to kill me. Um, part of the line of work, and I asked you if you wanted to forget. It's still an option. Hmm... We can go back to our regular lunches. Right, but then I'd always have that inkling in the back of my mind that you're hiding something, and that's kind of its own misery. Fair enough. Although, our previous test subjects of the uh, medicine to make you forget uh, don't have that inkling. Mm. It's actually quite strange that you three were able to remember it. Wait, you dosed me? <laughs> he, uh... Oh, wait... <laughs> Far away in the distance, you just hear a HA! That whole day started over. It didn't start over. Does Victoria walk in? Oh my god, they gave us amnestics. No, I feel like Victoria's outside trying to keep Katie distracted while also trying to figure out, okay, who's in the room with Gabriella? Should I be concerned? She might have moved, like, closer to the door so she could tell if there's any awkward silences or screaming coming from the inside, just in case. But... I don't know how much of... Can I... Should I roll to see how much of this I've actually been able to pick up? You're more than welcome to. Because I feel like she's also curious, because the officer left, so she's like, what's going on? What's all this, then? Oh, not quite. 32 out of 20. Alright, so... I can probably tell that there are voices, but I can't tell what they're saying. There's voices. You can't tell what they're saying. You're you're picking up bits and pieces of it. Nothing of interest. <sighs> yes. Well, unfortunately, I now have to tell you that today is not the 3rd of September. It's not a Monday. It's actually a Tuesday. Hmm. Wait, how did that not mess up Victoria's classes? <laughs> I had class! You did. What? So, what what made the difference now, right? You were perfectly willing and ready to dose me to have me forget about all of this, but you bring me back in? It was never my intention to bring you back into it. I was hoping you'd forget the dream. Forget about Basidioka. I would have given you the same proposition to forget it again, and if you had chosen to, you would forget. And we wouldn't be having this conversation, you would have gone off to do your job, and we'd be having lunches again every day. I'm gonna miss the times when I was ignorant. We all do. Well, I suppose we should probably let Victoria in on this. Are you actually still a priest? Is that a thing, or is that part of your deep cover situation? No, I am a priest. Oh, okay. My organization works not with the church, but it is, I guess you could say government. No one actually recognizes the badge, and he shows you the badge, and he puts it there. It looks to have the royal symbol on it. It's a red and white. Nothing too fancy. There's no distinct lettering on it. Why don't we meet tomorrow at Deckard's hospital room, and we can talk about all of this, and I'll explain it to your friends and anyone else who you trust to bring along with you. Alright. And Victoria, I know you're listening at the door. You're welcome to bring Katie. I imagine he said that just loud enough. She's like, she jumps a little bit. What do you know? I was just trying to make sure my friend was safe. Roll spot hidden, Victoria. Nope. You're not quite sure, but there's a... There's a man standing in the hallway in a black suit. You think it's just the uh, police. I hate that. Thanks. Uh-oh. She'll turn to Katie. Oh, looks like we'll get some answers soon. Just might not be how I expected it. Until then, please take care of yourselves and watch your back. 
he goes ahead and puts a um, revolver on the uh, table in front of you. You're welcome to take this if you'd like. It is for your own safety. Better to have than to be in need. Well, I did do pretty good with the last time I used one of these. Unloaded a full clip in a demon dog. You did? Yes. I have my secrets too. There wasn't much to the secret. I just used a gun. Um, <laughs> I take the revolver <laughs> and I put it in my bag. I'm almost proud. So, quick thing. If our person that's hiding in the sanitarium is an enemy of Basidiogre, how much do we trust him? Not at all. Okay, that's what I expected. He was still there to attack you. Right. Him and whatever cult he was working with. Hmm. He gets up. He extends his hand to shake. I, I look him up and down, kind of like reevaluating who he is to me now. Definitely not who he was. And I shake his hand. You shake his hand and he just tells you. It does get harder and harder to make you forget these things in case you ever want to. Oh. So, just remember. The more you see and the more you do in this line of work, the harder it will be. Suppose I'll have to live with that. Anyways. I bid you adieu. And he goes ahead and walks out. Oh, and by the way, mm -hmm. you are free to go. In case uh, you had any questions about that, the police won't stop you. That's good. I've got some questions for you, but we can get to those later. Oh, I'm sure you do, Miss McGuire. Sergeant, how do you know my name? I know a great many things. I'm not sure I like that, but we can deal with that tomorrow. He walks off, and behind him, the uh, man in black follows. Ooh. Oh, wonderful. He didn't come alone. I don't think he's ever been alone, now that I think about it. You start remembering, as you're seeing him walk down the hall with this guy. You've always seen someone with him. Not, not near him, or even in the same room as him. But you've always seen a man with a suit. Nondescript. Just around when you see him. Makes me wonder what he was up to in Egypt when he was actually active in his military. He probably found something terrifying down there. Let's say we go back to your motel room and start talking about what all we know so far. I have quite a few questions about your friend there. Nodding towards Blackwell. Yeah, apparently the person I'm treating is a shapeshifter who can't shapeshift into people, but I don't know how much better that makes me feel. Perhaps wait to talk about that until we're somewhere a little more private, like, kind of nodding towards Katie. Oh, um, right. This is all for a new inventive form of therapy, Katie. You don't have to worry your little hat about it. Interesting. As you guys are discussing this, Detective Young comes in. Gabriella, there's been an incident. Could you come with me to the sanatorium? Um, sure. May I have my companion join me? At least, not in the more private areas, obviously, if you're not comfortable with it, but... I promise you, I do not care. Right now, we have a bigger situation. All right, that is both exciting and horrible. Good to hear. Let's go. Something to do with the person you're helping. You guys get to the sanitarium and you see that there's a great many police officers there. You walk up the stairs into the building. Bloody wonderful. That's not good. And you see the other detective come up and... It looks like your patient has um, busted out. Oh. Well, given that I've only spoken to him a little bit, I can't really elucidate any insights into where he might have gone. Did he talk to anybody before doing so? And one of the nurses comes over. He was talking about how... Uh, well, not talking about, but he was screaming about how the full moon was coming. Oh, just the full moon. You know, fun and normal. You look up and it's a full moon. He was saying how everybody needed to leave and we needed to let him out because the full moon... Otherwise, things would happen. Hmm. And people would die. Did it sound like he was worried about someone outside happening or something with himself? 
No, it was just himself. Who are you? Cultural consultant. Victoria nods. And you? As she points to Katie. Oh god, you're still with us? <laughs> uh, yeah? I didn't know you wanted to, you know, experience the, the true horrors of mentally ill people that haven't been treated correctly, but here you are. Uh, I can go. It might be better that you stay. She's got some knowledge in areas that I am not as familiar with, so she's another consultant. You know what? Victoria, can we speak over to the right a few meters? Certainly. I, I, I shuffle over and around a corner, making sure Katie's not within earshot. Are you sure you want to keep her around? Until we figure out what's going on. Statistically, she's either a monster or not a monster, and somebody who shouldn't be around us anyway. Well, something happened to her. She may know something. She doesn't remember it. Yes, and we didn't remember things either. Yeah, but we were dosed. Sorry about that, by the way. I didn't think he was going to do that. We'll get to that later. But for right now, I'd rather keep her close and keep an eye on her. Might be able to figure something out. Maybe she knows something doesn't realize she knows it. I don't feel comfortable leaving her near us where she could get hurt. That's fair, but last time she was out of our sight, she was, it was when she got hurt. And that creature could have come directly for us, but it didn't. It went for her. There's also the odds that it wants to hurt us. In more ways than physical. But... Fine. Turn to Katie. You're going to have to start becoming comfortable with a lot of things very quickly soon. Uh, well, I assume so. I still want to know what that dog was, and your priest friend seems to have answers that I would like. I suppose he does. <sighs> I'm sorry you got dragged into this, Katie. It's a bit of a mess. Oh, it's better than staying in a library all day, I guess. It's really not. It's not better than that. We'll see if you still think about think that after we've had a chance to talk. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, and you see one of one of the police go down to the car. It's one of the detectives, and you hear him start rounding everybody up. Not you guys, just uh, his cops. Uh, you hear him talking about how there's been a sighting of a wild dog in um, one of the farms nearby. Oh, goodness. Looks like we've got another one. That might be either our shapeshifter or... Sorry, I turn and see Katie's like nearby-ish. That would be our patient. You know, he likes dogs. He might be around some dogs, I say, in case anybody's listening to us. Victoria rolls her eyes. Yeah. He might be there to pet some dogs, even if they are wild and rabid. But if not that, then it might have something to do with... I hate to say the name because I feel like the more we say it, the worse it gets. We don't have to say it, I know what you mean. Okay, good, good, good. That's a relief. Well, will explain more, Katie, later. Or not. You might just enjoy your library time. I am quite confused and very excited. Okay, that's fine. Take a deep breath. I'm in a slightly more, like... I don't want to say, like, panic mode, but definitely a lot more like, oh man, there's, like, a lot going on, I don't know where to even start. Suddenly this is all very... what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I suppose more eyes are better. We're looking for a large dog that might lead us to the patient. It'll look a lot like Bosco, given that I believe this patient might have a wicked sense of humor. Oh, sense of humor is the only way I'm, I'm getting through this. Oh, well, <laughs> we learn new things every day. Is, is your patient prone to putting on costumes? You know what, let's go with that. And if it helps you parse what you're going to see, then even better. Okay. She looks at Bosco, and Bosco looks at her. Bosco uh, does the dog thing where he, like, tilts his head a little bit. And Bosco does not do that. Wait, what? <laughs> No, Bosco does that. <laughs> <laughs> the minute I lose agency over my own dog. Wait, no! <laughs> Not like this. 
Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! The detective comes up to you and says, "Why don't you go back to your motel? We'll come gather you in the morning, if we can find him. I'm sure that we'll be able to bring him in." Right. He's. I remember, he is somebody going through a lot of pain. He's not actively dangerous. Unless you see him doing something actively dangerous. I'm not sure that we will, but if we do, you might be let out of a job earlier. Oh, that that's not the nice news you think it is. I'd much rather see him alive and well, personally. Yeah, alive would be preferred. We'll do what we can. And he goes ahead and uh, gets, in, gets into the uh, police car and they drive off. Hmm. Back to your motel room, so we can have our conversation. Right, that might be a good place to start. Maybe get some drinks to the room? I could use some of those. I think I could too, if you don't mind me tagging along. And... As much as it pains me to say it, Deckard Lazarus likely has information on little boogie monsters that we happen to be fighting, so... We can talk with him tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk with him tomorrow, and... Let's not mention Father Blackwell. I, f- I fear it might be bad for his heart. Isn't your friend going to be there tomorrow? Well, yeah, he can learn on his own. That way, you know, he can be lock and step with everyone at the same time. And if he's rude, I can tell him to stop. We've got some catching up to do before we ha- start having that conversation. Oh, goodness, don't we? Well, shall we? Right. I got one of the larger rooms, so... If you are all scared, as I happen to be at this moment, feel free to spend the time in my room to sleep. Sleepover! Sleepover to undo the forces of darkness, woo! I'll be quite honest, the reason I'm sticking with you is because I'm terrified. You two seem to be the only ones who um, know what might be going on, and that's at least a little bit more comforting. Oh. I don't find it particularly comforting, but I appreciate it. I mean, us being the the last bastion of sanity for you really isn't the the, the nice thing you think it is, but we're we're trying our best. Understood. We're doing better than Deckard. I, I couldn't imagine him being a comforting presence. I think in certain circles, maybe. I think he's been having a bit of a harder time with this. Yeah, you know. With certain things that... We'll explain later. <laughs> yeah, for someone who steeped their whole lives around this, he certainly seems to be taking it the worst. Maybe something happened to him in the time that we stopped <laughs> talking to him. I picture we're having this conversation in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're driving back. Uh, but yeah, no, just the idea that, like, you know, he's taking it, like, way worse than we should be taking it, which means something bad probably happened to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've lost your mojo. No, it's almost like he got his, uh, his his whole autonomy stripped away by a vampire or something. But, you know, that could never happen. Decker just sneezes in his hotel room. Someone must be talking about me. <laughs> My ears are burning. <laughs> we pan back over to Deckard, and he's asleep in his bed after the uh, German has come in. You just... <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. For some reason, I feel like... I must yell at Gabrielle in the morning. Pencil, pencil that in, yeah. <laughs> pencil in yelling at Gabrielle. Must talk shit. Must pet Bosca. Oh, you're my only friend. Rude. So, how would you like to get back to your hotel? You can drive, you can walk, you can bike. I don't know if walking is really the safest thing in the world, and I don't really like how you asked that. <laughs> Alright, if driving is what you want to do. Well, last time we drove, we did great until we didn't, so really, like, we're probably going to do great now. I also have questions about how do you have a car again? Oh yeah, my car exploded, didn't it? I feel like at some point in the back of the car, Victoria just pulls out a notebook and starts writing down all the questions she has for Father Blackwell. All the inconsistencies. Father Blackwell replaced my car after dosing me with memory stuff. And he fixed my shoulder. I'm telling you, this is the SCP Foundation, and Deckard don't like it one goddamn bit. If he knew. Yet you're working with vampires, you don't get to judge. 
I don't think they're vampires. One of them literally force choked you, which, which is, is yeah, worse. I guess that is worse. I like the one that force choked you. That was pretty fun. Anyways. <laughs> so you guys are driving back to the hotel? Looks like yeah. it. Okay, so you guys get in the car and you're driving through the night and it's well illuminated with the street lamps and the moon high in the sky. If you have a watch on, you look and it's about like one in the morning. You all are kind of exhausted. As you're driving back, nothing really happens. It's just kind of a everything toning down for the night. You feel a bit safer. On the way back, Victoria's probably talking to Katie about like so about like her knowledge of occult things and what she thinks about things. Just like a kind of a surface level conversation, but also trying to gauge how much are we going to have to explain and how long is this going to take to explain? Fair enough. Well, it all started when we went to a will reading. We're saving that for when we get there. It all began <laughs> at a will reading. And then you and then I, I play I'm not going to guess at the number because there's no way I can know. I, pl I, pay I play a certain number of podcast episodes to get her up to speed to where we're at right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, probably over a dozen. Yeah, somewhere somewhere along that point, line. Yeah. Yeah. So what you mean to tell me is... I can't believe there were two Boscos. That's crazy. Two Boscos? Oh, double the adorableness. Yeah, except one of them's probably a monster man. That might or might not be the thing that tried to kill you. Or related to it. Alright, so you get back to the hotel. Do you take the elevator or do you take the stairs? Mmm, these questions, man, they're they are they are suddenly filling me with dread. I'm gonna I'm gonna be safe and take the stairs, because I don't like being stuck in elevators in real life. Do you take the stairs as well, Victoria? Probably safety in numbers. Okay, so you take the stairs. And you know that your hotel room is on the third floor. You get up to the third floor, you open the door. And in the hallway, you see this red carpet. It's just normal. Everything seems fine. And there's just a light flickering down the hallway. Hmm. Would you like to enter into the hallway? Am I getting bad vibes or is it just your descriptor? Like that's that's what I need to know for my character, I guess. Getting bad vibes, or are you just trolling us? Oh, it's just description. You're, you're you're fine. Okay, I'm gonna try to. Sp I'm gonna you know be mindful of my surroundings, knowing that like you know stuff got real. I was offered a way out and didn't take it. So let me go ahead and. But I would like to spot hidden, hopefully. If it's spooky vibes, Victoria might lean down a bit, like she's adjusting something in her shoe, grab her knife, and just kind of like slide it in her sleeve. I'm not an unsafe person, so I'm not going to take a gun out in the hallway where there's nobody here, because that could hurt people. So I'm just going to look around, and not look around super well, obviously, but look around okay. Can I look around too? You're more than welcome to. Nope. My spot hit it. It's garbage! Oh man, what happened to your eyes? Um, they weren't great to begin with, so... Oh, fair. Mine weren't either. So, Gabriella, you, you've seen a lot in the past day, and everything is flooding back into your mind. You're thinking about that night, you're thinking about the inconsistencies of your life in the past three to four days. Yeah. You have a car now? Yeah, I can't believe my best friend gaslit me and bought me a new car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those things. Gas at you, bought you a new car. You remember seeing that dog there that night. And at the end of the hallway, there's a dog. Mmm. It looks exactly like Bosco. I flip like I'm I'm still staring at the, the other dog, but I flip Bosco's ears back. <laughs> and then I and I tell him to stay. So I could tell them apart just in case. Do I see this too? As you look at back up, the dog is not there. Oh, jeez. <sighs> Bad dog. <laughs> I saw nothing. I'm guessing. We're gonna sleep in shifts. I'm all right with that. Um, and no, Victoria, you didn't. You didn't see that at all. Oh, jeez. I had a feeling not. 
But even so, she's just like, there's there's weird stuff going on, and if Gabrielle is freaked out... Yup. I mean, all it really took was firing an entire clip into a demon dog, and then finding out my best friend Priest was actually a member of a secret society, for me to realize that maybe I'm not the biggest skeptic in the world. Maybe there are spooky things that I cannot explain. Alright. The next morning comes. You guys sleep in shifts. Who, who takes the first slip? Shifts, who takes the second, who takes the third? I can take the first. I'm. Gabrielle is not tired. Not after all this. Okay. I can take the second if Katie doesn't mind waking up early or if she wants to take the second, I'll take the third. Gotcha. Throughout the night, none of you really see anything, none of you hear anything. You hear sirens off in the distance, you hear people coming up the stairs. All of them seem to be just people in good nature getting back to their rooms after late nights at the bar. You guys have drinks brought up to the room here and there. It's not the easiest night to sleep through. Nope, because we still have a long, awkward conversation to have with Katie. Mm -hmm. How would you like to have that conversation, by the way, before we go on to the next day? Um, I want to be mindful to, like, because, you know, uh, uh, to get into the mechanics of my brain right now, I imagine people in Call of Cthulhu world also have sanity. And I want to kind of get a vibe for how well-adjusted she is before I start unloading the, the Eldritch Truths, you know? That's kind of why Victoria was having a general conversation about the occult and trying to kind of, like, engage Katie's awareness and where her brain is on that. Okay. You guys have this conversation with her. You start trying to judge her knowledge of the occult, and most of it seems to be just learned from books and whatnot. Some superstitions from her mother and her grandmother. You have other superstitions that are from her growing up in the church. But nothing stands out to you. Does she seem to lean towards any particular beliefs? or? She doesn't seem to believe in really anything except for science and she's pretty firm on the fact that none of it really exists. Oh, honey. Little does she know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean... How much do we want to break to her? Because she might be something that's not quite human. She deserves to at least know that, but there's, like, bigger picture stuff, and we don't know where she fits. Or if she fits. Tell you what, rather than explaining where we went and how we got here and how we arrived at this point in time. If you see anything weird and want an explanation, you can ask and we will give you an answer. Alright, sounds good. That way we only tell her what she wants to know rather than unloading the Eldritch Truce on her and having her go crazy. Yeah. So, what was what was that dog thing that attacked me? Um... We're not entirely sure. Yeah, we think there's a mushroom that might be connected to it, kind of controlling it. Oh. I nearly forgot. Oh? And she reaches into her bag uh -huh. and pulls out this book. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh. And it is The Mushrooms of Britannia. Oh. Can I check the bees real quick? Yes, you check the bees and there's a listing for Basidioker. Oh. Anything I should know about Basidioger that I don't already... I guess outside of the spooky stuff, I should say. It just seems to be a mushroom that was found in early times, 1200 BC. Oh, jeez. Okay, so it's pretty old. Yes. And you find that there had been no recordings of it beforehand, mainly just people didn't record things all that well but it's said to be very toxic, and it's very rare. Mm. It's really only found in Wales, which is where you went to go meet with Amesley. It was only found on that exact property. It's only found in that area. Hmm, I wonder if there's um, any kind of spooky, suspicious thing about that idea. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of gives me a, a starting point, where I just kind of mention... We think that that mushroom has been affecting 
people and places in a toxic kind of way, and possibly might have affected that dog that attacked you. Makes sense. Those mushrooms have the ability to cause hallucinations, and apparently, and she reaches back into her bag, I, I found this. <laughs> There's a scientist who did a paper on Basidiogur. It seems to be able to animate dead things and make them move. Oh, um... What's the scientist's name? Yeah, and how alive is he? <laughs> you see, that's the thing, is... And you, she points to the paper where there is a black strip through the um, oh, scientist's name. redacted. This was written in 1917. Okay. Hmm. He might still be alive, or she, I don't know. Trying to think if, if there's some way we could figure out what was underneath that. I can take it back to the library tomorrow and see if I can remove the redacted strip. But um, it might mess up the whole document. I can ask Father Blackwell if he knows anything about people doing dead people experiments. This is all starting to sound like Frankenstein. Do we remember? Was, a was Ainsley a scientist by any chance? He enjoyed listening to all of your work. Whether it be myths and mythology, Deckard about whatever Deckard does, and the psychology that was done by Gabriella. Perhaps maybe when the dog attacked you, you might have inhaled some of that what caused you to black out. Perhaps. But it was weird, it was just like there was nothing there, and then I heard a voice in my head, and then I came back too. Hmm. What did the voice say? I, I, I don't know. Maybe I was just thinking about the plant too much. Because I could have sworn I heard its name. Oh, okay. Let me know if you start hearing that more. I've noticed it's been getting a little... A bit of an earworm sort of situation. Well, you mean more... In person, right? Yeah, because I guess in person. We're, we're talking about it a lot. Oh, yeah, but from other people. There could also be psychological effects. Right. That's what I'm worried about. Maybe. Because you hit your head rather hard. Yeah. Maybe I should go ahead and get some sleep, if that's okay. That's fine. You get some rest. Alright. Do you let her sleep in the bed, or what do you want to do? There's two. There's twin size. I figure since we're doing watches, we can just swap out whoever's sleeping. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And given how the trauma Katie's been through, Victoria's probably gonna go ahead and take the second shift and then let her sleep as long as she can. Alright. The night goes by without any issues. You wake up the next morning. And uh, we're gonna go back to Deckard. Ew. So... After the doctors kind of left at this point, you get a visitor. Ooh, okay. One of the nurses comes in and says, Hey, you have someone here to see you. Did they uh, happen to say who they were? It's this woman. She says uh, her name's Gwyn. Gwyn. <laughs> Your boss wants to come check on you. Please, let Gwyn in. Okay. She goes, and she leads her back. Here she is. Let us know if you two need anything. I'm sure we're going to be perfectly fine. You see Gwen smile at you as you say that. <clears throat> so, I see you've gotten yourself light up in bed, day one. Yes, it appears I have ran into some unexpected difficulties. But, even though I'm laid up here in the bed, I do believe I might have some information already for you. And uh, what would that information be? But, I'm also concerned. Okay. If I'm going to work for you, shouldn't I be letting in a little more about the truth? Because something just seems very odd here. 
mean, you're, you're working for vampires, I don't know what you expected. Are you really vampires, though? Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm sure we would know that. But why do you care about druids and groups and fungus? And that is, again, none of your business. You are here to research for me. Lest I remind you, you don't want anything to be exposed. Well, no, no, no. I just, just want to see where exactly I am on the greater spectrum of things. But I will tell you, I believe we're already close to what you're wanting me to investigate all this about. Well, I had a question for you. What attacked you? It was a dog. A dog? But it was covered in fungus. It was green with hues of blue. And its jaw was missing. As you say this, you see her jaw go slack. Yes. You see her walk out, close the door. Bishop, take pawn. I've got you in my clutches. Soon. The nurse standing at the door, after she's left, hears you saying this. She looks at your chart. Oh! I didn't see that. I'll be right back with your medicine. Yes, and you bring me a lollipop. I'm just a strange old man. <laughs> she comes back and hands you the medicine. That, that just is very creepy. It is me, normal man. Hello, no normal humans. Would you like to request anything while you are in your hospital bed? The nurses say that they're willing to help you out if you need anything. So... I have a request for some strange items, but that's where this will make sense. Deckard would like to have a chessboard brought to him. Pen and paper. That's it. Oh, and some ice cream. Okay. They bring you the chessboard. It's rather used, but still made out of a nice oak wood. And they put it on a table next to your bed, and uh, one of the nurses asks if you'd like her to play with you. They also bring you the pen and paper as you request, and you get ice cream brought to you with a cherry on the top. This is actually perfect. He would love to have the nurse play with him. Because in his mind right now, he sees the nurse as himself, and he is Gwyn. And he's just thinking about, as he does each move, why am I doing this move? And why would I be doing all this? And as he does each move, he, takes, he puts a note into his notepad. Okay. I actually have a question for maybe if I could do an occult role for something. Absolutely. This is what it would be for. So I've been sitting here just running my brain racket. This is why I've been quiet the entire time. Okay. So, may I do an occult role? Because I'm trying to piece together about these druids. And the fungus. So I, I'm trying to have him just think back more about the dream. About any specific iconography. Any separate details that were there from the cloaked figures. Okay. Feel free to roll. That is a success. You remember the green wheel. That's really the only thing that you were able to see. That's actually the perfect detail I wanted to remember. Because I know specifically Gwen has been asking about that. Mm -hmm. You remember the green wheel. You remember that... Victoria read from that book for an hour and shared details with mm -hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it... Don't worry, this isn't... Decker's gonna be sharing everything with you. We just need to be careful about who we talk to with. Yeah. You remember that the robes in the lights, you could see that they were kind of this... I'd like to say a mottled green... They almost blended in with the background. This is good, because as Deckard recalls all these events, the last thing he's going to make in his notebook as he does his final move against the nurse is potential threat to the species. 
and he underlines it. And that's when he's just, I think I have a hypothesis. As you say this, you zone out. Your vision becomes blurred. Oh no. You're thinking that, oh, the medicine's kicking in. And everything goes black. And you're back in the mansion. You're standing there, everything is frozen. Frozen in time. You see Gabriella looking like she's about to run up the stairs. You see Victoria about to do the same. And as you look around, you see something in the room upstairs. You see the light on. Everything else is out. You see something moving from that room. Roll me a spot hidden. Oh. Uh, damn! <laughs> you lose focus on it, and you start looking outside. Romy spot hidden. Is it, oh, please tell me the second Bosco is there. I have to use luck for this, so I'm going to use 22 points to make that a success. So, you look out the window, and you see Bosco staring in. But looks off. You see Bosco's form, but the closer that you look, you see almost a ghostly man standing behind Bosco. In that, you see through it. And behind it, you see a roped figure. And then you see more. As as you've gotten the feel for who these figures are and what they're wearing, you're able to spot them easy, and they're all around the house. So, Deckard is not going to go upstairs to the light, because Deckard thinks he's looking at Ainsley behind the, with the dog. Okay. Deckard wants to follow the dog! Alright. Would you like to walk outside? Yes. Okay. You open the door, doesn't want to move but you manage to just pull it off of its hinge and move outside. And everything's just, the door just kind of like floats there in place. So you know how when you're approaching, uh, when you're usually approaching a, a dog or an animal, you, you present your hands to where they're non-threatening? That's how Deckard's doing. I'm a friend. Dog doesn't move, everything's frozen in time. Oh yeah, durr. As you get closer, you see that the man, you've seen him, you've seen him before. You saw him in the newspaper, he was arrested recently. Something happened and he was being held, he was sent off, he was in Oxford, you remember now. Wait, and this is the ethereal figure behind the dog? Yes. Okay. This is all starting to make more sense now. Deckard looks at the dog, looks at the ethereal figure, and that's when he goes, Not Amesley. You're that dog. I need to find you. Something like that. Deckard's eyes just bulge. You, 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 can, you, you can talk to me. You're not frozen. And you see someone step out through that visage. And it's a man wearing a priest outfit. I believe you should go back to sleep. I, I, you know what? I think it would be best. I would like to go back to sleep, sleep land, please. And you see this dust in your face. And when you come back to, the nurse is looking at you. Are you okay, Mr. Deckard? May I have a glass of water, please? Yeah. Also, did you let me win? You look at the chessboard, and... Your king is knocked over. Yes. Deckard goes, Oh, no, you are just that much more of a skilled player. You have been listening to Beyond the Crumbling Veil, a Call of Cthulhu 7e actual play podcast by Styx Helix Productions. Part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network changing reality one story at a time. 
If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you're listening, because it helps people find us and we appreciate it so much. Beyond the Crumbling Veil is DM'd by John Foman of Stakes Helix Productions. Deckard Lazarus is played by Brian from Dungeons and Pop. Gabriella Slaughter is played by Ian, who you can find in actual plays near you, and is at Ian Caliente on Twitter. And Victoria McGuire is played by Brianna Jean, who you can find at Brianna Jeans on Twitter.